I say to, you know, shout out to the intuition, shout out to the God that lives inside of me, shout out to your, your nervousness and you're scared. And like, I got this vision, but this don't seem right. Like shout out to all of that, because that's everything that I felt when I closed out my brick and mortar that was doing me just fine. So we went from being a makeup company, pivoting to being a beauty tech company. Are you kind of like the Madison Reed for makeup? Definitely. Welcome to the iFund Women Show, where we are talking to one entrepreneur about one huge problem in her business, and we are going to help her solve it. I'm your host, Karen Kahn. My team and I founded iFund Women to help female entrepreneurs get access to the capital, the expert coaching, and the lucrative connections all designed to grow our ideas into profitable, sustainable businesses. Let's do this. Okay. Hello. Hello, hello, iFund Women Land. What is up? I'm very excited today because I have a very good pal slash the woman that makes my lip gloss. Kim Roxy, founder of Lumic Beauty. Hello, Kim. Hey, Karen. Okay, audience, we are here for an actual purpose. The thing that we're going to talk to you about today, which isn't a problem, it's a total opportunity, which is exciting. You are a brick and mortar shop. And now you are a beauty tech company. Tell us about the business. Tell us your history. So I'm from Houston, where all the baddest chicks are from, right? Is that true? Totally. <laughs> most resilient, baddest, cutest. Texas has the most beautiful women. I'm definitely not moving there. Definitely. Sure. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Keep leading away where you are. I'm from Houston, Texas. Shout out to everybody. I am, you know, born and raised here, went to college in Atlanta, Georgia but came back here to be an entrepreneur. Just to give a little background, I was kicked out of high school. Do you mind me asking for doing what? Oh, just got into a confrontation with the opposite sex. You know, I bring that up because sometimes when you hear people's story, we, we, we have to get some type of depth of who they are as a person, not just about the wild or crazy stories, but because it gives you an insight sometimes into what their drive comes from. And so for me, it was a chip on my shoulder sort of, I need to prove myself for the rest of my life for those mistakes or, or what have you that I did back then. I think that's uh, so relatable, Kim. Entrepreneurship just doesn't like pop into the world like this. So for <laughs> you to share your story is really important. So please continue. Yeah. So I remember writing in my five-year goals when I was 16 at that alternative school, uh, being labeled at risk and I remember just saying, I, I just, I didn't know how, or what I was going to do, but I was like, I just want to be successful. Like five years later, I want to be able to look at what I wrote and say, I want to be successful. And when I look at it five years later is when I did my first entrepreneurial endeavor. And that was opening up my own makeup shop in Houston. So can and, I ask you a question? So how yeah. old were you when you were in the program for, was it like at risk teens? Yeah. So I was 16. Got yeah. it. And I was, you know, yeah, definitely at risk teen and sort of, you know, next did step. Did you feel like you were at risk or did somebody else feel like you were at risk? Well, they labeled me that. And I remember asking the teacher at the alternative school, I was like, you know, why are they calling us at risk? I just kept hearing them say that. And they say, well, you're more likely not to become a productive citizen. You're less likely to have a professional career. She was like, look at the people around you. You don't see, you don't see what you're in. You don't see who you, like, basically trying to tell me who I am. And thank God I had parents who didn't believe that way and a community who didn't, you know, from my church, like, who didn't believe that way. And like I said, for me, it turned into 
oh, I got to prove these people wrong. Like, <laughs> they got me all confused. Wow. Um, and that is really interesting. That's really yes. interesting. And I wonder, like, it makes me wonder how many other kids are, you know, they don't fit into the mold of the public schools and they're put into alternative schools mm-hmm. and they may not be right for the alternative schools. That's a whole other segment. Yeah, yeah, and and even drop out. I've had, you know, I had some friends from the alternative school who just dropped out and because they believe the labels that they gave us. And um, I think we I mean, all do as women. Right, right. And uh, you know what, as, as men too, you know what, the reality yeah. is you believe what people say about you, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is why words matter so much. That's why words matter so much. And that's a part of what the iPhone women community has done for me as an entrepreneur is giving me some positive affirmations around who I am as a founder too. I had a brick and mortar makeup shop. It was like an old house and I put the door pink because my mom, who was my original only investor in my makeup shop, gave me $500 to start it. And how old were you, Kim? I was 21. Wow. And she, um, she passed away from breast cancer while, while I was in business and everything. So I painted the door pink. Today I have on pink. A lot of times when I'm in a mood where I want to bring my full self and just really honor my mother in my own way, I wear pink. It's amazing. So I had the brick and mortar. Yeah, and had the brick and tell mortar. me what you, you were doing brows, right? Yeah, I was doing brows. I was known as the brow lady. I was known... <laughs> I was known as the brow lady. Like it's better than the lice lady, who is, by the way, hella rich in my town. <laughs> so I ran that brick and mortar store. And then I looked around and sort of figured out for me, I didn't have a big shining example of what a business woman looks like or what they do and you know where they go and all of that kind of stuff. And uh, as I was in business, I didn't even have a mentor. It wasn't until I was already in business a decade after being in business as a small business owner that I even got a mentor. So you opened this up when you were 21 and you were yep. the brow lady. And then did you, when did you start developing your own product line? So then I started developing my own products when I was in that makeup shop. I would experiment, develop stuff, make small batches, testing it out. I remember one day making lip gloss right there in front of customers. Um, and we were like testing it out, trying out the different colors. So I started off there just with my, you know, local community testing out my, my products and my formulas. Your formulas are amazing, by the way. They don't get dry. They feel very Mm -hmm. natural. Okay. So you're brick and mortaring, you're mixing your own stuff. Yeah. And then what happens? And then I decide in 2018 that I want to close my brick and mortar because I want to figure out how to make the products more accessible to more women. And I was looking in the beauty industry and nobody was talking about clean beauty products for women, like with my skin tone, we were sort of like getting left out. And and because that dark skin sort of reaches across different backgrounds too, I will say that. And because I have a lot of Indian women who feel like, oh my goodness, Kim, yes. And so, when I did it, I was like, nobody's doing that. I was like, okay, well, how do I, you know, sort of scale this? How do I, you know, grow? How do I... so I closed on the brick and mortar, stopped concentrating on being the brow lady and the and said, I want to scale who the brow lady is, you know, come out with this brow kit that can reach so many people and a quiz and a you know, all the stuff that we'll talk about that we're doing now with the site. So we went from being a makeup company pivoting to being a beauty tech company. 
You're a very, very smart businesswoman. You've been doing it since you're 21. Experience is important for yeah. all you newbie entrepreneurs and overnight success takes five to 10 years. So again, none of us wake up like this as successful entrepreneurs and we're all in the middle of our journeys. Yeah. Technically a startup is a company that is not public, a non-publicly traded company. So that's a good point. That's a good point, Karen. Yeah. So when they say like Lossy is a startup, which is like kind of an interesting thing to think about because you think they're like this, they are this huge company, right? But, but they are a startup. There's a couple key points here for our listeners. Kim has been doing this for a very long time, has a lot of experience, had to learn on her own. Mm -hmm. I would love your opinion about this, Kim, because I learned on my own too. And it wasn't that people didn't want to help me. I didn't want the help. I thought I was too embarrassed to kind of ask for help with my first startup. That was a spectacular failure that I talk about all the time. Mm -hmm. There were so many things that I really just didn't know. And I felt ashamed that here I was this like 40 year old, big tech, blah, blah, blah woman. And I really didn't know shit about running a company. And mm -hmm. there were all these well-meaning people that were like, do you want me to mentor you? And I was like, no, we got this. But really, I didn't got it at all. So here you were, like all you wanted was a mentor. Yeah, it's really it's really interesting though when you come into that sort of knowledge and understanding and all, of all of that. Because I personally didn't even know, I, I mean, I was looking at examples of people that were in business, but I didn't know anyone who had personally, who had taken the company public or who had even raised like a certain amount of money for their business. I mostly knew lifestyle type of business owners, that kind of thing. And so what I started to learn from was like articles I would read, like, you know, things like that. I would go, oh, they, they did that. They raised that amount to do the business. And I started to learn about venture capital. And then that's why in 2018, I like closed out my shop, went out to Austin from Houston, commuted out there every week, left my family. I have a daughter, I had a young daughter at the time. She's only five. So this was just a couple of years ago. She's even younger than that. My husband, my bonus son, like I traveled out there for a week, would stay there and then come back home on the weekends because there the startup life was happening and I could go there and learn stuff and catch on. So for me, it was like, I had to go like, go seek the information and I was thirsty to know what I didn't know. I, I had come into a self-awareness that it was a lot I didn't know. It's so evolved. And you're right. You went to Austin where all the tech is happening because you were becoming a beauty tech company. You yeah. had a vision mm -hmm. and you were going to go learn how to do it. I, I have the chills right now. I mean, really such hats off to you. It's, it's incredible because not a lot of people would go and leave the babies, leave the husband. Hats off to your husband for holding down the yeah. fort. So what kinds of things did you go to? In terms so, of like learning the tech, I got accepted into an accelerator. Great. And a pre accelerator. And I was in that one, Div Inc., which I, I love. And yeah, what are they called? Give them a shout out Div Inc., D I V I N C. In Austin. In Austin. And what I love about Div Inc. is that Div Inc. is for minority and women owned businesses. And I will say minority, the new majority, <laughs> women owned yeah, businesses. Seriously. If they wouldn't have accepted me, I maybe never would have got in a startup scene because the truth is the truth. Access, access. The access to these folks and these networks, you don't just walk in the room and just start shaking hands, you know? Nope. And nope. so if they didn't have the kind of program they had, that's why I always give them a shout out because if they didn't have the kind of program they had, then I would have never gotten the ecosystem. So yeah. tell me how you started building the platform yeah. that you have now. 
Yeah. So then I went through that program. I was able to like build out the model that I wanted to do and how I saw Lamique to be and even the products um, and, and started deciding like what products we're going to do and, and really learn about e-commerce and all of the things that go inside of that. Then I But built... it's not just e-commerce, like tell the people yeah. why so this then, is so special. So then I started to you know, build relationships and I had like an augmented reality company reach out to me. We gained a partnership and we put virtual makeup try on on my website that Karen was having so much fun doing earlier oh today. My God. I was so distracted. <laughs> Team My Fun Women, apologies in advance. It was fun. <laughs> so we, we were doing that and we were actually supposed to launch that at the beginning of last year at South by Southwest. And I was a speaker and everything, but South by Southwest got canceled, but we still launched it, you know, cause it's virtual and it ended up becoming COVID-19 like friendly for trying on makeup. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. Let's pause audience because this is a signpost Two signposts. 2018, you closed down your brick and mortar. You are like way ahead of your time. Save that money on the rent. You knew you wanted to pivot to be a beauty tech company mm -hmm. before it's time. So mm -hmm. smart. And then you went to Austin to learn all about it. And mm -hmm. then what ended up happening is you were so prepared to crush it through COVID because you would ditch the brick and mortar. It wasn't like you were like, uh-oh, COVID's here. I got to get rid of this thing. She was ready. She ready. And I got to say to, you know, shout out to the intuition, shout out to the God that lives inside of me, shout out to your, your nervousness and you're scared. And like, I got this vision, but this don't seem right. Like shout out to all of that, because that's everything that I felt when I closed down my brick and mortar that was doing me just fine. And was the only way I knew people to do business is if it was something I could see. So now I'm going into a world of where you don't see where the business is. And I was trying to explain to my dad, I was like, dad, so and he was like, what, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, shout out to everybody who makes those scary things. But I'm gonna be honest with you, Karen, I thought about being at risk. And I thought about how I took that label for myself. When I get scared, I always go, but you're, you're risky. You're at risk. You, you are the risky one. You're the risk taker. And I take that and I identify with that. So when I did that, I was like, look, it's all good. If it don't happen, I can always work and find a way to eat some kind of way. We don't eat. Right. But it, this is what I wanted to do. And if I didn't do it now, like when exactly, so I didn't know COVID was coming, but I'll tell you, that was one of the best decisions I ever made. I had already built out everything that I needed. So when COVID hit, it almost was like a launch pad for what I had come up with because the virtual makeup try on ready, the quiz, the AI power quiz I had put on my website to make the right recommendation for customers ready. And then I turned on my camera and started doing live shopping events. I turned on my camera on a Friday night on Facebook and I went Facebook live and I started showing women because women, I did a quick survey of my customers. Most of our customers were working from home. I said, oh, they need to know how to do their makeup. They don't know how to do their makeup. So I started going live on Friday night. It's been a whole makeup party. I show you how to apply your makeup. I show you different ways to do things, answer questions. And then we launched our own live stream shopping on our site. Tell us more about the virtual shopping experience and the response to it. Cause it was a beta, right? You were testing yeah. and learning. Yeah. What'd testing you learn? And learning. Testing and learning. I learned that my conversion rate went up by 15%. Like, you know, I learned that, you know, when we do the live shopping conversion happens so much quicker and so much faster and with so much confidence. When you yep. buy makeup online, it's about confidence. You know, did I get the right thing? And the yep. live stream, live shopping is working for us.
So where do you see the business going and what is the model? Your, your e-commerce, but the way you are selling mm -hmm. is just vastly different. So we see ourselves growing out as this beauty tech company that is even with like our foundation. So you send in a picture and we'll send you a foundation, a mattress, skin tone, no guessing, no figuring out, none of that. So what we want to do is continue to scale this personalized experience for consumers to get them the right products easily, safer and cleaner for their skin and more sustainable as well. Are you we kind of like the Madison Reed for makeup? Definitely. That's amazing. And then we're going to- You need to you use know, that in your VC pitch, by the way. There it goes. Because that's what venture capitalists want to hear. What yep. do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be the Madison yeah, Reed of makeup. Yep, that's it. Bam. That's it. Look how, look how quickly she solved my problem. Okay, so let's talk about your angel round. Yes. So you've got revenue and traction and customers, and you've got technology that you've tested. It works. And now you need capital, your first mm -hmm. round of venture capital. For yes. the, I know you know all about this, but for some of the listeners who are not super familiar with it, I'm just going to break it down. There are no dumb questions. And quite frankly, I didn't know this stuff before I became a founder. So when you are selling equity in your company or raising venture capital, it means that you are selling ownership in your company. There's different types of ways you can structure deals. There's safes, there's convertible notes, there are common stock. But at the end of the day, if you're looking at a pie, and let's just assume Kim owns 100% of the pie, she is going out to raise her first priced round. So there's a couple things at play here. It's one, what is the valuation of the company? And to Kim's benefit, she has been in business for a long time doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. So it's not like she's out of left. She has a big customer base. And I know that because when you crowdfunded, you crowdfunded like 70 grand in like two weeks from your customer base. That's a lot of money, a lot of cash yeah. to raise really quickly. When you think about your round, you don't even need to call it an angel round necessarily. Right. You could go right for the seed round okay. at a larger valuation because quite frankly, you've got the traction You've got the customers, you've got the built-in, you know, you've got it all. Okay. Because technically a seed round is you've got a seed of an idea, you've tested it and you've got some traction, but you're still a seedling. I think you're definitely there for okay. sure. Whereas okay. an angel round is like, I want to build this thing and I need like a hundred or $200,000 to do it. Mm -hmm. And you're going to get a bunch of like 10 or 20 K checks from angels mm -hmm. I think you're past that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, it's good to hear your feedback here because I've kind of struggled with how that how I was being looked at. And uh, you just gave me a lot of confidence around the fact that, yeah, like I've, I've thought kind of the same thing as well, especially when I look at some other counterparts and companies, product market fit, we got that, like all that kind of stuff that's there. So, uh, so yeah, thank you. Great. So we're raising a seed. Yeah. Fantastic. Having a niche is smart. Yeah. It's clean beauty. All women can use it. So just because we make it with women of color in mind doesn't mean all women can't use it. So That's, that is so important. And it's important to get that messaging nailed in the pitch because then you know exactly who your customers are and right. it's a bit of a luxury price point. So let's talk about that for a second. You know, I know what I paid for my three right. lip glosses. I think it was 55 bucks, which actually for three lip glosses is, is not bad. Is that no, right? It's not, 
it's no, it's not bad. It's not bad for the fact that it's, you know, it's being made locally, it's clean, manufactured in the U.S. here in Houston. Also, we need to have these products in different spaces. So the quality of ingredients, the quality of the whole sustainability, and when you look at the company and, you know, people here working on our project, you know, some people are getting stuff made overseas and it's much cheaper and all that kind of stuff. But we want to employ folks here and we want to work yes. with these companies here and do Amazing. that. And so we keep that in mind as well. And then as far and as- that needs to be part of your marketing too. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Yeah. And definitely yeah. a part of your pitch. It really, it really, it matters. It really does matter to people. And it's not that we're not being global and open to right. things from all places. But I mean, the truth is I would much rather have something I'm putting on or in my body, also known as a consumer packaged goods product, a CPG yes. product yeah. made locally. I feel the same way about stuff I put on me and in me. I, and I look at stuff like that. I want to know who the founder of a product is. Like I, I get, that's how I shop. I, sh I shop my my values more than I do probably convenience. I know I do. Yeah. And uh, price for sure. Yeah. And price. And that's the reason why too, all products are not for uh, grocery stores. We need to have a diverse distribution of products too. So I see them in some of the major specialty retailers for beauty. And, uh, you know, I see it in Ulta. I see it in you know Nordstrom's and also like I told you I'm in love with online shopping so I also see it on like HSN I love platforms and some of the new platforms on live streaming as well yeah. but but you're definitely kind of creating that I think that yeah. your go-to-market I think your go-to-market is we are creating the HSN for for clean yeah. beauty yeah and you can expand it beyond Lamique there's an yeah. opportunity here for you to have a membership model where other clean beauty can come on your platform for a fee and sell their stuff. Yeah, that could be a, yeah, that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yep. Where you start off is not where you finish. Hey, entrepreneurs, just a super quick FYI in the middle of this amazing talk with Kim Roxy. Our coaches are standing by to help you with all the issues that we all have running startups because we're expected to know everything, but there's no way that one entrepreneur with an amazing idea can know all the things about how to run a business, all of the tactical, practical things that you need to know, like how to set up your Google Analytics or how to run retargeting ads or how to build a codeless app. We have expert coaches standing by to help you. So go to the show notes and click on the link for iPhone Women Coaching and go get some. Why are you raising money? So we're raising money because we need to hire a team we need to execute on marketing. We've done some tests and, you know, we put a certain amount in, we get a certain amount out and it's time for us to 10X that. And then as well as we do have a specialty, a large specialty retailer that we're going inside of um, that we need to pursue that big purchase order and all of that and the distribution behind that. Oh, so, so you have somebody locked in. Yeah, we got somebody locked in. Oh, Kim. Yes. This is That's a very easy coaching session. Because we would be the first clean beauty brand, even black owned clean beauty brand going in this retailer. So, and it's a huge one. So. Oh yeah. my goodness. So how fast do you need to raise this money? You need to raise it by this summer. <laughs> how much are you raising? Yeah, we're raising 1.1. All right. If Let's you see. are into beauty tech and you are an investor, you have a winner. She's got the contract. She just needs the money to fulfill the order. She's mm -hmm. got product market fit. 
She's mm-hmm. experienced. She's got mm-hmm. the technology. She's got mm-hmm. the contract with the big retailer. This yeah. is a no-brainer. Yep. Another thing to consider, we started Women to solve the problem that women don't get venture capital. When I was going out to raise our seed round, I was not only running a business that was rocket shipping, which was, a, I say that humbly, I knew that I needed to get this round done quickly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I knew I needed a coach and not someone just for advice, someone to literally be by my side, raising mm-hmm. the round, checking mm-hmm. my emails, making introductions to investors and investors that wrote checks. So right. I'm going to give her a shout out. Anyone that knows me and knows Women will know Annie Evans. She runs a company called Dream Ventures. I hired her as my wing woman, literally, to mm-hmm. help me raise the round. So what we did was we, and this was in 2019 when the world was mm-hmm. still open, we had an event at Luminary, which is a co-working space uh, mm-hmm. in New York City that raised mm-hmm. 350 grand on iFund Women. Mm-hmm. So Annie planned all this. This was her brainchild. She's like, let's do an off-road show. Instead of the three of you getting on a plane and flying around the country, burning yourselves out, meeting with all these people that are mm-hmm. not going to understand when mm-hmm. there's plenty of money in New York City and plenty of funds that are supporting women, people were funding all of these mm-hmm. women-founded brands that kind mm-hmm. of all popped up in late 2016. This was yeah. this cohort of funds. So what Annie did was she said, let's have an event. Let's have a breakfast and a lunch. They're going to be uh-huh. the exact same. It's a mm-hmm. lather, rinse, repeat. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be catered. You will have beautiful swag. You will have, we flew mm-hmm. in customers. And then we invited 20, we had seats for 20 investors per event. So it was exclusive. Mm-hmm. We probably invited like 60, 65 people. And it was a very curated list. Like Annie and I did the work ahead of time. So much of this is about research. You do not want to waste your time doing meetings and running around, especially because you're on a time clock. You yeah. don't want to waste your time with like, oh, my friend's a VC at such and such. They would love to meet with you. That's wonderful. And that's well-meaning. But at XYZ Fund, if their thesis is not beauty tech or D2C beauty, they're not going to write you a check. Right. The research on the funds and the angels who are investing in this space. And P.S., it's white hot right now. And you know that. Look at companies who you want to be like. Look at Madison yeah. Reed. Look at Glossy. Yeah. Who invested in their earliest rounds? Mm-hmm. Those people should be on your hit list. Mm-hmm. We did the research together. We put together the list. We created an invitation. Busy, rich people want things in an email that they're reading on their phone quick, quick, quick. <laughs> yeah. Through to like an evite or a whatever paperless post or any of that nonsense. We did a three or four line email that was like, hey, we're raising a round. We're raising $2 million common stock. We were just like got right to the point. Yeah. We used the proceeds to hire product people, engineers, more coaches, ed tech platform. Right up front, we were like, yeah, this is what we're doing. If you're interested in participating in the round and writing a check, We are having an exclusive event for potential investors. So you can come hear from the founders. Then our customers talked about why I fund women, why they came and used our platform. And then we did a Q and a long story. So medium, so long, long story long. Mm -hmm. If there is that the moral equivalent of Annie in Houston, hire them. I mean, 
it's not all Annie. Obviously, it's we had to have a business and right. all right. that stuff. But right. to organize it all and do it right and not be wordy. Like I can send emails that are so long. I'm so, I think it's loquacious is the fancy word for a person that talks too much. That's me. I can't shut the fuck up. And like, I need to shut the fuck up and just get to the point. Well, the good part about it is, is that you know that, but I, I must be honest with you, friend, you're a hoot. So to, <laughs> it's a little bit of, you know, you talking is sort of entertaining. At, at this I know, but venture capitalists don't want to be entertained. They want to know they're no, going to make no. money. So I had no. to be a different person, yeah. which is hard for me. Yeah. And Annie yeah. is a no bullshit. She is dead eyes when she needs yeah. to. It's so funny because sometimes trying to read the room and trying to understand, are we on the right same page? You know, like making sure like, and wrapping this up, I'm just trying to figure those things out. So sometimes to have someone who can warm things up and even warm it up for people who maybe don't know you, like, you know, is, is, um, is critical. So that's the hard part a lot of times for, when we talk about hard for black women to raise money or what have you, some of it, what I found is people would say, things to me that lets me know that they don't trust me. It has nothing sometimes to do with the business because I would literally talk to my friend who did not have as much traction and like literally on the spot, they cut them a hundred thousand dollar check or $200,000 check. But, but with me, and is that friend white? Yeah. White friend, female friend, white female friend. Yes. Who would, who would say, Oh, Kim, go meet with this person. You know, and then when I go, I don't get that same reaction. And not that I'm supposed to get treated the same way every time. Yes, but, you are. But yes, but, you but, are. Yes, you are. Okay. So yes, so, you are actually. So, so actually, yes, I am. Yes, so, you are. But what happened is that I would run into a lot of I don't trust you kind of stuff. Like you know what I mean? Like the rejection of is absolutely. Is and so when you have somebody's warming it up, who's like, no, like I've I've seen it. I know. You know. Then that that takes it all down. That takes it absolutely. all down. Absolutely. And by the way. If we're being honest, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt that it's, you know, a well-respected white lady in beauty. Right. To warm right. it up. Who cares? Right. right. Who cares? Right. Who cares? And she's a wonderful human. Guess it, what? <laughs> I had to go. You just made me think about it. When I got this space, I had a white man realtor go look for the space. And my friend told me, she said, don't call those people when I, when I saw the for rent sign up. And I was like, what? What's the problem? I'm like, I'm just going to call. I, I want this space. She's like, don't call those people. Yep. And she, she got the white man. And I remember going to go pick up the key. And the guy said, oh, what do you work for him? Or what? And I was like, no, that was my realtor. I was like, I'm the one that's opening up the beauty, you know, the makeup shop here. He was like, what are you married to a basketball player or something? Oh, get out. He thought you were a wag. So when I think about, I and I, I and when I, I can't with that, I can't with that. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm sorry. That's the worst. It's not the worst thing I've heard, but that's not, that's terrible. But that's the way he thought. And so the point is, if I had to get a front man to go in and get this space for me, that if I would have went on my own, it would have been some shit. So I think about that in, in regards to this sometimes. Yeah, some people got to warm up that audience. But yeah, I, I love the fact, though, that still you all were able to work together to, to make that happen. And you recognize your own, you and your co-founder just recognize your own blind spots. And yeah. so for me, it's 
So I'm, I'm happy you told me to invest in that area. I love it. Absolutely. You may have the connections. Like I really didn't have connections to the right investors. I had connections to these huge names in Silicon Valley that were like not even close to interested. They were like doing like robotics and cyber and crypto and all this end of world shit. <laughs> they don't care about women entrepreneurs in Sandhill Road, let me tell you. So let's wrap this up. Thank you, Karen. This has been amazing. You really did get, give me action items to walk away from to be able to go and do. I'm excited. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Do you feel like you're ready to do this? Yeah. I definitely yeah. feel ready. I definitely feel ready. You know, me and you, when we show up at the same event, both with Cheetah Print on, I knew you were my spirit animal sister. So the fact that you look at me and say, Kim, you're ready. It's like my mother looking at me saying, Kim, you're ready. Okay. Now you're making me going to cry. That's so sweet. We're going to end on tears, but happy tears. Yes. This one's for mom. Loretta, this one was for you. Was for Your me. daughter is going to go out and raise $1.2 million <laughs> and be in lots of big stores. Lots of big stores. And lots of places. Entrepreneurs, thank you for listening to this episode of the iPhone Women Show. If you loved what you heard and you learned stuff, please go and give us a five-star review. That's right, five stars. Do it, do it, do it. Subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts and share it with everyone you know, or at least share it with the entrepreneurs in your life. And you do have our permission to share it with dudes. We are an equal access funding platform. If you have any questions, suggestions, comments, concerns, thoughts, feelings, whatever, Follow at iPhoneWomen on all the socials. We would love to hear from you. Slide into our DMs and we will totally get back to you.